Okay, before we move on to the episode today, I actually have to give a massive shout out to GeoCPA. They're my CPAs. They are incredible. I've been working with them for years and like I cannot recommend them enough. What they do, they're constantly seeking out the next generation of entrepreneurs, real estate investors, and small business owners who are basically looking to optimize their tax planning and streamline their accounting. So they take it, they don't just do your tax returns. They tax plan for you. They look into the future. They think, how can I be most efficient with this person's financial situation and save them the most in their taxes, which is a huge part of building wealth. All business owners should have a really good CPA. GeoCPA, they're an award-winning virtual accounting and tax planning company working with entrepreneurs across the globe. Their experience has allowed them to service companies such as my very own, Getting Magnetic, all of our companies, Comatier Coffee, Cosmos, and many, many more. They're really a partner rather than like that transactional service provider you talk to once a year. I've personally had the pleasure of working with them and I've gotten to know their team. Like they're really good people. But they care about me, they care about their clients and and helping them save money and plan, you know, from a tax perspective. And I can say if you aren't actively investing in tax planning, it's a proactive move. You're leaving money on the table. Simple as that. So if you're a multi-six-figure business owner or seven-figure looking to level up your accounting and reduce your tax liability, head over to geotaxplanning.com slash magnetic slash tax. And of course, we'll drop that in the show notes. And you can get an intro call with them. Or if you're still in the climb, they have a solution for you as well. They built a DIY course for entrepreneurs and real estate investors, which unveils some strategies that will help you keep more money in your business and scale quicker. So head to check out the course, uh, go to geotaxplanning.com slash magnetic and Gosh, let me know if you work with them. I'm super excited for you. But now let's get to the show topic today. What's going on, Getting Magnetic Fam? It's Finance Friday. Our goal with this series is to build your financial literacy as we head into a recession. So you can not only be prepared, but you can thrive through this recession and beyond. And the best thing, we're going to put sophisticated topics into layman's terms so everyone can understand it. You're going to learn everything about money they don't teach you in school so you can build your money mindset and skills and build that life of your dreams. Now let's get to the episode. We're back on all platforms for another edition of Finance Friday. It's Professor Wade here. I've got my Clark Kent glasses on, making me feel smarter, hopefully look smarter. I'm super excited for today's topic, infinite banking, a secret of the wealthy, something wealthy people use to store and accelerate their money, their wealth. Before we do, before we even get there, story time quick, because I'm recording this. We're live on Instagram. It's actually Friday. If you're listening to this on Getting Magnetic, we're probably a week in arrears. But before we get into today's topic, story time. Okay, so Sandy and I just met up with a friend for lunch and Sandy Cameron and I, our almost nine-month-old daughter, you know, we're all there. We were driving home on PCH and Cam's face, our daughter, like was beat red, like, "Mm, mm," and Sandy's like, babe, look at Cam's face. And we're like, whoa, you must be pushing a big one out. Next thing we know, it like stinks. And my wife, Sandy's like, oh my God, babe. Holy, this is the biggest blowout ever. You got, we need to pull over right away. So we pull over right away. Luckily, we were right by the beach. It is like you, this little 17 pound human, like nine month old, 
I can't believe that much poop came out of that that little of a human. It was just hilarious. And we were like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like holding her out. I literally just go into the ocean with her because there was no like trying to wipe her down. Um, anyways, that that is really off topic. We're going to get back on topic today. We're going to talk about money, finance, wealth, infinite banking, um, all the things. But it was just sometimes life throws you curveballs and you got to just pull over and jump in the ocean with your daughter who has poop everywhere. It was a spectacle. Sandy was a, a champ through the whole thing. So was Cam. We got through it. We're here now and it's, it's Finance Friday. So infinite banking is going to be today's topic. And whether you're watching on live, I appreciate you on Instagram, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the Getting Magnetic podcast, we're, we're, we're everywhere. We're omnipresent. We're ubiquitous. Ooh, that's a good word. Ubiquitous. That's a word of the day. Ubiquitous. Everywhere. Everywhere at all times. Infinite banking is something I've learned about for probably the last four years. And I've, had, I've put into practice for the last two or three. And it's been... I just, I really love it as a financial vehicle. So I actually did a webinar with an infinite, like the premier infinite banking specialist in the nation, Barry Brooksby. That's going to air next on Getting Magnetic. This is just the intro to what infinite banking is in layman's terms. So really what it is, it's another secret of the wealthy. It's something they use. And it's a vehicle that wealthy people use to store their money, create legacy, invest their money, and accelerate their money. So infinite banking, it's essentially creating your own bank. And I'll get to that. I'll get to the backstory. We're going to get back to this and break down how it does each of those things I just mentioned. And after this segment, again, I'll share the webinar, which is going to go into detail. You're going to know kind of how infinite banking could fit in for you. Before that, I want to share some basics on what infinite banking is in layman's terms. And it's really quite simple. And kind of how it came to be and how I got started in it, a little bit about my story. So disclaimer, as you guys know, I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm just telling you what I do, giving you information. You do whatever you want with it. Um, so what is infinite banking? It, In the simplest terms, it's an overfunded whole life insurance policy. Now, you have access to the cash value. So it's liquid. I can you know borrow against it and we'll get into kind of the details there. But it's an overfunded whole life insurance policy. However, it's there's all these certain things with the riders and different stuff. Like you don't even need to know that stuff, but where you can access like 90 to 95% of that, where it's not just locked away. It really got started with the Rockefellers. You know, the Rockefeller family, like famous, wealthy family built so many things. But they were like, huh, we have a lot of money and we have to just give it to Wall Street. And Wall Street kind of then has our money. And what Wall Street does, or banks do, is they take your money, they say, yep, give me your money. And then they go lend it out. They, they can lend it out like nine times. If you give them $100 in your checking account, they can use that 100 and have a nine times leverage on it. So they can lend out 900. So anyways, the Rockefellers are like, okay, Wall Street's just doing all this, these banks. What if we created our own bank? What if we kept all our money within us? So what they found was... This infinite banking, what it's called now today, or cash flow banking, I like infinite banking, was the way to do it. They could keep all their money within them and within their family and just use it all like cyclically by creating an overfunded whole life insurance policy where they maximize the cash value, now known as infinite banking. So the Rockefellers made it famous. You could check out What Would the Rockefellers Do by Garrett Gunderson if you really wanted to nerd out on it. Or what is it? Just Google infinite banking. There's I forget the book. 
Becoming Your Own Banker is the book I read on this. Now, I've read it. I've done all the research. You don't have to. You probably won't. If you're a nerd and you really like love this topic, maybe you will, and I would recommend you do. Um, but I'm going to share in basics what this can be, what it's done for me, what it can do for you. It's because it's really like, yes, it's a whole life insurance policy, but it's really a financial vehicle. It's a tool. I didn't initially do it for like the life insurance policy. I did it because I saw it as a great financial vehicle and because I saw all these wealthy people doing it. I'm like, if they're doing it, they're doing something right. Why don't I just copy them? So what I did was I, I studied it, of course, first. I'm always recommending don't just go invest. Don't just go invest in real estate and stocks without studying, knowing anything. Infinite banking too. I studied it for like a year, six months to a year. And so did two of my, my investment partners. And... What we realized, we're like, whoa, a lot of really sharp people are using these, talking about it, like, okay, and it's really simple. It is simple, and it's actually, like, pretty, you can't, it would be really tough to lose money in it, but it's just different than what most people think. So I had a 401k in my finance career, like, you know, most people do. I could put into my 401k, but I've, I've said this before, people don't get rich off 401ks. You might be able to, like, somewhat comfortably retire if you put enough in your 401k over a lifetime and retire at 65. I was like, that's that's not the life I want. I'm not going for, like, a somewhat comfortable retirement if I live long enough, it's going to run out and I got to keep putting this until I'm 65 and then I can take it out. No, no. That's what almost everyone does when it comes to investing. And almost everyone is broke. Like, honestly, like most people aren't financially free. So if I want financial freedom, I'm not going to follow what everyone's doing. I have this 401k at about 100000 in it from my just finance career, just putting whatever, 7% of my paycheck, every paycheck, I think 10% in there. And during COVID, the pandemic, what happened was the 401ks were usually there's a penalty, a 10% penalty to take out your 401k before 65. In COVID, there was no penalty. So I'm like, whoa, I have access to this. I think I can do better with this because I've researched and done, you know, done the research than this 401k where I have to pay, you know, fees and all the things and taxes and the penalties and all, all this stuff. So I pulled it out. I had to pay some taxes on it, but that was fine. I would have had to anyway whenever I pulled it out. And I didn't have any penalty. So then I had 100K where I was like, okay, now I can use this. What I did was I opened up an infinite banking policy. Oh, I see my guy, Colton. What up, Colton? Colton, if you haven't heard of infinite banking, like Google it, look it up, or we can connect on it. I know it'll be actually a really good fit for you. So I took the 100K, I put it in the infinite banking policy. It wasn't just like that. Of course, like I said, I did my research. And especially for young, healthy individuals, younger, you know, it, my dad looked at it too. He's like, you know, in his mid 60s, he's like closer to retirement. It might not make sense. But especially if you're younger and you're healthy, because health matters, especially with life insurance policies, because then you get the best premium, right? It's, I think, a no brainer. To, for a place, again, to store money, to accelerate your money, to invest your money, to create legacy. And I'll go through those. So I took out the 100K of 401K. I put it in the infinite banking policy through my guy, Barry Brooksby, who's, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm going to include the webinar or I'll put the YouTube, I'll put in my Instagram. It'll be everywhere. You'll find it. If you know me, you'll be able to find it. If not, you're not resourceful enough. Work on getting more resourceful. So what it was, what I saw it as, okay, I have this 100K. By putting it into an infinite banking policy, which is attached to these big mutual funds, Mass Mutual, Penn Mutual, companies that have been around for hundreds of years, for Mass Mutual to go down, like the U.S. economy is in big trouble. So I'm like, okay, they're going to be around. They've been around for hundreds of years. They're going to be around for another few hundred. 
<clears throat> I'm good. So I put the 100K in there. Now, you, of course, you, you get you, you go through a little bit of testing. I think you do like, you know, someone comes over and swabs and make sure you're healthy and whatever. And that's a part of it. But anyways, the 100K goes in there. Of course, there's a premium up front where you have to pay the agent. But over time, it's actually much lower fee than like the stock market or having a financial advisor or anything. And you get a 5 to 6% dividend. I think right now it's around 5.5. But it's like almost guaranteed 5 to 6% dividend tax-free, which is huge. Because a 5 to 6% dividend tax-free is like about a 9% return in the stock market. And then you have to pay taxes on it. And it's going to bring that down to like 5 or 6% tax-free um, after taxes. So I'm like, huh, guaranteed. Also right now with the stock market down, like there's no being down in infinite banking. Like yeah, yes, you have to pay a premium. You pay, you know, the agent fee. But after that, it's like, okay, I'm gaining a 5 to 6% dividend. That's pretty cool. So it's going in. I'm storing money there instead of in a checking account, earning nothing with inflation actually decreasing. I'm earning five to six percent, and it compounds. And you guys, we've talked about compound interest. So it's a place to store. It's a place where it's growing by five or six percent. Now the other cool thing is I have access to it. So say I put the hundred k in, I have access to like ninety percent of that pretty much almost right away, and it'll go up to like ninety five. So I can actually borrow against it. So let's say. This is the coolest part, and this is why I did it. I wanted to invest in real estate. I put my funds, my liquidity in this infinite banking policy. I went to go do a deal, and I needed, let's say, 25K for the real estate deal. I took 25K out of that. I take a loan from my own bank, my own infinite banking policy, and 25K goes a lien against that 100. Now, that 100 still stays in there. It doesn't deduct to 75. It stays in at 100, earning 5 to 6% dividend. And I pay a 5% loan, a 5% loan on the 25. So it's like kind of evening out. But as I pay back the loan, it's what's called interest arbitrage there. I'm actually gaining. I won't get into all the details there. It'll be too confusing, not layman's terms. So all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I can take that 25 and use it in real estate, which I believe I can go earn 12, 15, 18, even 30%. And it's earning that 25 is still earning 5 to 6% dividend in the infinite banking policy. And yes, I owe the 5% loan. So like, you know, let's say I might be earning a half a point or 1%. But it's now earning in two places. Now, what's also cool is taking the lien out that 25 against, that 100K never can come out. Yes, I could take a loan against it, but it'll never come out. So it's legacy wealth now. Now, the kicker for me, I would have done this without the life insurance. But the kicker for me is it was a whole life insurance policy too. So now I'm creating legacy and building a financial barricade around my family for my plan is to live super long and healthy and drop dead at like 120. But whenever that happens, let's say I drop dead at 120, there's going to be a multi, multi, multi million dollar life insurance policy that I can give to Cam or my kids or whatever I want. So I looked at it as this financial vehicle enables me to store money somewhere where I'm going to earn a pretty much guaranteed 5 to 6% dividend. And I can use that capital to go invest somewhere else, like real estate or wherever. Now, you've got to be a responsible banker and pay yourself back because, yes, you owe yourself 25 k in that example. So you got to like use the real estate returns. What I do is I use the real estate returns to pay myself back. And I'm earning in both places. And I'm accelerating my money. My money's working and earning on itself. And when I realized the Rockefellers, all, the, all these smart, intelligent, wealthy people were doing this, I'm like, okay, I got to do it too. So it's, we've been doing it for two or three years. We're going to open a 
one up for Cam. You can. It doesn't matter the age, especially younger, healthier people. Even if you're in your 40s, 50s, it's totally fine. If you're like 60s, 70s, 80s, a life insurance policy, you know, you. It depends on who you are, you know, where you're at, what your goals are. But I think it's smart for everyone. But I think it's smartest if you just store it there and you have the the life insurance and you got the kicker, you earn the five to six percent. But I think it's especially smart for someone creating their own bank like that, where they're like, you know what, I'm gonna use some of those funds to go invest, not to go buy a car to go invest. So it's been incredible for us and for me. I got the privilege to work with one of the best infinite bankers in the country, Barry Brooksby, and we got to actually do a webinar together. So again, on Getting Magnetic, that's going to air next. But if you have questions, feel free to DM me wherever you listen or saw this. Feel free to probably shoot me a message and ask. I can definitely connect you with Barry. He, I've connected so many people to him. My friends you know, that make a decent amount or have businesses or have you know, money to invest or want to store their money places or want to build the legacy. And you can start with as little as like you know, three to 500 a month you put in. Or if you have this big lump sum you want to put in, that's better. Um, but let me kick this over to the webinar. But that's infinite banking like at a super high level. I think it's something everyone should be doing. It's like one of those no-brainer things. But it's something that people don't know about. Like 99% of people have probably never heard of it. So that's why we do these Finance Fridays here. It's like now you've heard of it. Now look into it. Go to, if you, you know, the podcast is going to air next week. So if you're watching this live. All the links and everything will be in the show notes for you to get more info. Reach out to me if you have questions, but infinite banking is, I think, a genius financial tool and vehicle that everyone should be utilizing. That's all I got for you today. Excited to connect next week. And you know what? If these are valuable, will you share it with your spouse, a friend, whoever needs to hear it? Be like, dang, wellness is given value here on the podcast or on the Instagram lives or wherever it is, because that's what keeps the show rolling, right? feedback, you know, sharing it, subscribers, listeners. So appreciate you all. And until next time, have a great Friday. It's Freaky Friday. It's Finance Friday. All right. All right. I'm out. I'm out. Welcome, everybody, to the webinar. I'm Wade Critties. I'm here with my guy, Barry Brooksby. And we're excited to talk wealth, to talk strategies. We're going to talk growing your money guaranteed and tax-free through the powerful strategy of infinite banking. Whether you're hearing this you know, on a website, or you heard it through the Getting Magnetic podcast, or you heard it through, you know, Barry, or you know me, Wade, we're excited to connect together, because I think we bring, we make a good team, right? Like Barry's the expert in infinite banking. I was like his hardest client asking a million questions. So we figured why not get together, create a webinar and just answer a lot of questions for people and really showcase how powerful this tool is for building wealth. Yeah, right on, Wade. And it was so fun getting to know you a few years ago and hearing your questions and your feedback and, you know, playing advocate like, Hey, what about this? What about that? And then finally <laughs> working through to say, Whoa, this really is what it is to be. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate being able to jump on together and, you know, talk infinite banking, talk real estate, talk investing, talk growing wealth and really enhancing our lives, not only just financially, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationships, true wealth really is all things, not just about money. Totally. And I see this, that's totally, that's totally true. True wealth is at the end of your life, right? That happiness, that fulfillment. This is merely a tool that can get you right on the road to financial freedom. And you can start to have your money work for you. And all these things we hear where there's a level of 
of passive income here and all the different things um, that I've been studying and I'm grateful we connected and I'm, I'm excited just to educate people on it. Cause I think when people know and are aware of this, it almost sounds too good to be true. And we're going to break down why it actually is what we say it is. Um, but excited for people to understand this because if they apply it, I know it can help change the course of their family's financial future. And I've been <clears throat> a practitioner for a couple of years now and it's just been amazing. Yeah. It's funny because there's probably not a week go by where someone doesn't say to me, Barry, I wish I would have learned about this 20 years ago. Why isn't it taught in school? Like your background, I've got a degree in finance. Why didn't yeah. I ever hear about this? Right. Yep. So we're going to go through and talk about why people haven't heard about it, but what they can do about it today. And just a little background. I'm here in St. George, Utah. Wade, you've come to visit me here in St. Yep. George. It's been awesome. Married with five kids. I'm 22 years in financial services, 17-year real estate investor. I've got clients all throughout the country. If you're in New York or Colorado or uh, Minneapolis, I can work with you and help you. My company is Focus Wealth Group, and I am an authorized infinite banking practitioner. And I want to add there that if you are listening to this and you are from Vermont, we need to talk because that is the one state that Barry doesn't have a client in yet. So we need, if you're from Vermont, reach out directly and let's let's get you started here. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I tell people I'm, I've got clients in 49 states. Come on, Vermont, right? <laughs> well, our goal today, my goal to help all people watching the webinar today is really understand what is infinite banking? How does it work? That it is a better system to help you grow, protect, and use your money tax-free. And I want to help you get predictability guarantees, grow more wealth along the way, and really know your financial future. Wait, a lot of people out there are crossing their fingers, hoping for a good outcome because they're invested primarily in volatile investments going up and down. They don't really know. So today's webinar is going to teach them how they can know this portion of their future. Yeah, that was big for me that I found security. I find security in myself, but instead of having outside factors I'm dependent on and relying on, this kind of brings it back to, okay, I know it's here and it, there's more security in the financial future. And then I know what I can do with it. So that was a big, big thing for me. Yeah. Awesome. And here's why. One is we've got a debt problem here in the US. We're going to go to a website. Check this out. usdebtclock.org. This is real time. And there are two numbers that I'm going to point out here. We're not going to get into everything on the screen because we'd be here for a day and a half. But the two numbers I want to point out is this one in the top left-hand corner. The U.S. recently crossed over $30 trillion in debt. First off, a trillion dollars to comprehend is difficult. But $30 trillion, it's almost unfathomable. The country will never get out of debt. This can never be paid. It's near impossible. But here's the bigger problem. See this number down here that says U.S. unfunded liabilities? It's $169 trillion. What that means is the U.S. is on the hook to pay out almost $170 trillion in government programs. Could be Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the 100 other government programs. My point is... It's a major problem. That's one of the reasons why we're talking about tax-free money today is because how does this get paid for? It's either the government stops spending, which we don't see that happening. They're actually spending more, 
or they've got to hit us with more tax. That include pensions, that unfunded liabilities? From the government pension side or government employees side, that is yeah, correct. Okay. Yep, lots of unfunded liabilities. Also, you just mentioned pension. There is a pension problem and a retirement problem. I call it a gamble because people are taking chances with their future. They're not sure what's going to happen. There's stock market volatility. You hear on the news often, you know, the Dow Jones lost X amount of points and this amount of percentage, et cetera, the S&P 500. And most people are investing in 401ks and IRAs. And the reason I bring this to front is because we're educated in our financial world by Wall Street. And Wall Street would prefer all of us to have as much money as we can in stocks, mutual funds, 401ks, and IRAs. And the reason why, Wade, is because they're earning fees every year. And whether you make money or lose money in your 401k, guess what? They still make money, which is just crazy. You would hope that, oh, they lost, I lost money, they're going to lose money, but it doesn't work that way. They're always making money. And therefore, they want you to continue to put money in those volatile stock market accounts so they always earn the fees. Yeah, I, that's what I realized. You know, I'm very familiar with Wall Street. And I once I understood, like, Wall, no matter what, Wall Street gets rich no matter what. And we're putting our money into checking accounts and saving accounts and 401ks. And it's just giving Wall Street money to go work and do things. And, like, they get rich. Wall Street gets rich. And when I looked at the lifestyle I wanted and I started to look at the people who had achieved that lifestyle, they weren't investing in 401ks for 40 years and then they were abundantly wealthy. Like they, like I looked at people, I'm like, gosh, you have your 401k for retirement. If you're healthy and you live a long life after you retire, your 401k runs out typically. I'm like, this is not, I can't set myself up that way. I can't set, set my family up that way. So the traditional go to school, go into debt, get a job, invest in your 401k, buy your house, retiring at in your 60s and have your 401k fund your retirement like it isn't really working anymore and so when i saw that and looked in the future i was like i can't go down that that traditional path it's just not not it for me yeah and what's so remarkable is one that's what most americans do but two when you look at where wall street or these banks and major corporations put their money they actually own these types of policies that we're going to get in today we could go, we won't take the time now, but I've got a, other webinars that show this. We can go into the FDIC website. We could look at Chase. We could look at Wells Fargo. We could look at US Bank. And right on their balance sheet, they show billions of dollars of cash value life insurance that they hold. And you got to ask the question, well, why do they have it? So we're going to get into that a little bit in a minute. But as I talk about the stock market, here's what it comes down to. There's no control. I personally, and I know you do too, want to be in control of our money. We want to make sure that we're the ones getting wealthy off of our money, not someone else. So there's a lot of stock market volatility. It's up and down. It's very difficult to plan when you have uncertainty. So I want to help people protect themselves against future uncertainty. Well, what's the solution and what are many doing about it? Here's a list of just, and by it's a short list, a short list of people that use 
and so people and corporations and banks that use these high cash value infinite banking policies. And we've heard of these people. Matter of fact, Walt Disney, he helped fund Disneyland with his own high cash value whole life policy. Ray Kroc did the same thing with McDonald's. But you wouldn't think Nike has cash value life insurance. Wells Fargo has cash value life insurance. There's a reason they have it. So I think the social proof is very important. And as you learn more about this, you begin to get on board like, oh, there are more people doing this than I thought. But again, Wall Street and the banks would prefer you didn't know they're doing this. So what is infinite banking? Nelson Nash created this concept in the 1980s. It is a uniquely designed, properly structured, whole life cash value insurance policy. This is not traditional whole life. This is whole life on steroids because we enhance the cash value growth what's called through what's called a PUA writer, paid up additions. We actually minimize the cost of the life insurance to the bare bones minimum, but we're overfunding cash value. And it has to be with a participating dividend paying mutual or fraternal life insurance company. And by the way, I'm an independent advisor. I work with the top companies in the industry and Wade, like your policy, I mean, these companies have been in business over 165 years. These are some of the strongest, solid financial companies in the U.S. Infinite banking is a way for people to become their own bank by taking control of the banking function in their lives. And the book that Nelson wrote, Becoming Your Own Banker, he published this in 2008. So I highly recommend reading, becoming your own banker. There's a lot of wonderful financial principles taught in the book. And there is some um, misinformation out there on the internet. So don't think that if you're reading something about infinite banking, that it's always going to be true. We try to do everything here on the up and up, and we're very transparent about infinite banking, but it's also known as bank on yourself ALERP, L-I-R-P, which stands for Life Insurance Retirement Plan, cash flow banking, a wealth maximization account, 770 account, private family banking, et cetera. My point is there's a lot of different names for it. So you've got to make sure that you follow that criteria for a properly structured policy, as I outlined in the slide before. And I give the layman's terms, like high level overview of how I describe it. Now that I know it, Barry and I have read the Becoming Your Own Banker book. So you don't have to, but you will maximize your knowledge and your probably financial future by reading it. But that's also probably why you're watching this webinar. For me, what I tell people is <clears throat> how I understand it and in becoming your own banker. And, you know, I think the Rockefellers put it on the map for me and probably for a lot of people, but they were like, hold on, let's model after Wall Street. We have enough money. We're giving all our money to Wall Street and they're making money off of it. Why don't we keep all our money kind of in-house and create our own bank, become our own bank? So we put it into this overfunded whole life insurance policy that isn't net. It is a life insurance policy, but it's more so a vehicle. It's a vehicle and it becomes our own bank. So they put it in, they maximize the cash value. So they have access to the cash and they can then use it to go invest in real estate or do other things or pay off high interest debt. And I'm sure we'll get into all of this stuff. And so their money almost stays in-house where they have it. And it's, it's through these big mass mutual companies, Penn Mutual, where they've been earning dividends for over 160 years. There's security there. It grows tax-free. I know we're going to get into all this stuff, but I'm like, hold on. 
Now my money is going into kind of my own bank. I can access it and draw from it. It's growing tax-free at five to 6%. And I can use it to go invest in other things. Not to mention, I now have a family and there's, I looked at it as a financial vehicle to grow and accelerate my wealth. But the kicker for me was there's a life insurance policy attached to it. Whenever I pass, hopefully it's healthy till 120 and then I drop dead at 120, there's going to be a lot of money going to my family because this life insurance policy is in place. So it, I kind of looked at it as a way to keep all my money in-house and be able to recycle it and invest it and use it over and over and have it earn on itself. And you're creating the wealth, not Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how do you capitalize on it and establish a plan? I have this question often where someone will ask, well, Barry, how much do I put into it? How much does it cost? Well, the answer is it's really up to you. So my recommendation is take a look at your gross annual income and somewhere between five and 25% of that you can put into a plan. Some people are going to feel very aggressive and like, look, I save a lot of money. I'll put 25% of what I'm earning into the policy. And other people are like, be a little more conservative, five, 10%. 10% a good number to look at because I tell clients, let's look at your numbers. My light's going to kick off every 20 minutes. It's crazy. So I tell clients, let's look at your numbers. 10% is good. If you want to go higher, great. I'll make some adjustments. If you want to go lower, we can. The plan we're going to look at today, Wade, is going to be on a 35-year-old female. And she's putting in $25,000 a year. Again, if this is too low for you or it's too high, we can make the adjustments. But this is what we're looking at currently, $25,000 a year into a policy, about $2,000 a month. And what we want to focus on is the cash value growth. If this were in a traditional whole life policy, you would see $0 here in year one, and it would take a really, really long time for the cash value to grow. But you notice in this policy, she's fully capitalized in year five. She's made whole, okay? We're gonna come back to cash value in a minute. What I want you to notice is this 25,000 a year is purchasing 654,000 in death benefit. But what she's paying for is only 327,000 of actual whole life insurance. And that's all she ever pays for out of pocket. But notice there's a growing death benefit over here. And one thing I want to bring up, because clients will say, Barry, I don't care about the death benefit. Well, there's two things I really want to bring up. Number one, if you're a real estate investor, you can use this death benefit as a collateral assignment. You can walk into a bank, put your death benefit up for collateral and borrow more money. So real estate. smart. I might need to do that. Yeah. (laughs) But two, as you mentioned, you have a family. If you pass away early or you live to 120, there's a permanent death benefit. Most people have term insurance. Well, that term insurance is going to expire in 10, 20, 30 years. And once that expires, if there is no life insurance for your family, it's tough to leave a larger legacy, but it also puts a lot of pressure on your other assets to perform. A permanent death benefit really gives you the ability to leave a legacy to have more capital preservation. It's a great estate planning tool. So there is definitely some living benefit to having a death benefit. 
So help walk me through the cash value for people that are like, okay, that's cool. What is that? What does that mean? Correct. This money is liquid, meaning in any year, a person can take a policy loan. When you take a policy loan, your full cash value is still working for you. We're actually going to draw it out here in a minute. But think of this as your turbocharged bank account, your turbocharged saving account. As you mentioned, it's earning 5 to 6%. Some people, it might be 4 to 6 depending on their age and their health rating. For this 35-year-old, this policy is coming in at a 5% net tax-free return. But the money's liquid. So rather than cash sitting in your savings account earning 0%, you're earning 4 to 6 here, and it's tax-free, which is huge. If you're earning, let's say, a 5% net tax-free return, that's really like doing 7 or 8% in a market-based investment because you got to deal with the volatility, the taxes, the fees, et cetera. So 5% in a life insurance policy, in my opinion, is remarkable. These are the non-guaranteed values. However, they're more accurate because the non-guaranteed values include the dividend, which you see in this column here. There are guaranteed values as well. This is a fully guaranteed policy. You see the guarantees here in this column. And no matter how old a person is, the guaranteed cash value is always increasing. What I don't like about the guaranteed values is they don't ever include the dividend. But as we've talked about, these companies have paid dividends over 150 years. So it is more accurate to look at the non-guaranteed values. However, the dividend is not guaranteed. We don't know what it's going to be from one year to the next. So you do get guaranteed cash value that's always increasing. And in addition to that, you also get a dividend. Once a dividend is paid, it's locked in. It can never be taken from you. Let's look at a policy loan, Wade. Let's assume that she wants to take a policy loan for $50,000 in year three. She's going to buy some real estate. She wants this money as a down payment. Yeah. So that cash value that we saw there is liquid, as Barry said, where you can borrow that from yourself, basically, and use it to go, yeah, invest in real estate and do whatever you want with really. But okay, we're going to go through that illustration. Yeah. And one thing I want to clarify, the borrowing, the life insurance company actually gives you a loan. So you're not borrowing from yourself per right. se, but you are using your own cash value as collateral. Mm -hmm. So she's got 67,000 here. If she takes a $50,000 loan, what happens is her full 67,000 is still earning interest and dividends. So she doesn't break any compound growth. There's no lost opportunity costs. She's still earning interest on the full 67, even though she has a policy loan. So if she buys the real estate, she's making money on the real estate and she's still making money inside the policy. And the compound interest effect, like that was, that was the big thing for me because I use this policy to maximize the cash value so I have liquidity so I can go invest it. So what Barry and I, I know both do and what every, everyone you know can do what they want with it, but we set up these policies to have the cash value to take out like this example, to go invest in real estate. I take out 50,000, I invest in real estate. And I know that 50,000, maybe I can go earn 10, 
on real estate, maybe more, maybe less. It depends on the situation, but it's earning money there. And then that 50,000 is still earning that five, let's call it 5% dividend within the policy. So you're double dipping to an extent, but the power, if you haven't heard of compound interest, look it up. It is the eighth wonder of the world, right? Where your money keeps earning on itself. And it's that, that financial freedom of, wow, my money is working for me and earning on itself. So it's now earning here in the real estate portion and in the, in the, the dividend in the, in the policy. And then obviously we'll talk about becoming a, being a responsible banker and paying yourself back through the, you know, say the funds in the real estate. But I love that I was earning in both places. Yeah. And that's the idea. You do want to be an honest banker and pay the loans back. We're going to make an assumption that this line here represents the dollar amount as zero. So you take the $50,000 loan, but you're going to pay it back over what amount of time you choose. And here's what's neat, Wade. The policy loan is flexible. The insurance company doesn't hound you. Oh, you got to make a payment 30 days from now. You could choose to make a payment over a 10-year time frame, a 20-year time frame, a 30-year time frame. I even have real estate clients that are doing rehab on properties, and they don't want to pay a loan back for 10 to 12 months because they need time to rehab the property. They want to get it listed. And then when it sells, they're going to pay the whole loan off. My point is the loan is flexible. There is a 5% interest rate. So we're going to run a calculation and let's do an amortization schedule in this example for 15 years. So we got 50,000 loan rate at 5%. We take our 15 years times 12, that's 180 months. And we'll pop in our 180 right here. So the payment that you would make back if you chose to follow this outline for the amortization schedule, you would pay the insurance company $395 a month. And in 15 years, your loan would be paid off. Well, what's happening is every month that you make this $395 payment, the balance of the loan is going down. What that means is that you're paying less interest over time. So at the end of 15 years, you would have paid a total of $21,171 in interest. Let's remember that because I'm going to write it down. $21,171. This is interest. And I want to be clear, this went back to the insurance company. They really did give you a loan. You paid the insurance company $21,000 in interest. But that $50,000, it never left your policy. So you were still earning 5% interest on it during that 15-year time frame. The calculator we're going to look at here is a future value calculator because we want to see the compound effect of the $50,000. And we're only using the 50, not the 67. You're still earning money on the 67, but I want to keep it an apples to apples comparison to show only the 50,000 over the 180 months. There we go. So your 50,000 over the same 180 month time frame earned 105,000. So if we to subtract the 50 from the 105, your cash value inside the policy earned 55,000. Now, if you take what you earned and you minus it from the 21, 
55 minus 21, even though you had a policy loan, you still came out ahead a positive 34K. There's the power of becoming your own bank. Yeah. And let alone if you use that 50,000 to say invest in real estate and that real estate was earning, you know, its own money in a, in a separate you know, way you're earning money. So you, you earn 34,000 here within the policy. But for me, what I would do here is that 50,000 is going into an investment property, which let's say I earn 12% on for 15 years. Like that's a whole nother conversation, but you're earning a lot of money in the real estate, let alone appreciation. And you're earning within your policy. And it's just like a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We call this the velocity of money, where your dollars are doing more than one thing at the same time. And this helps create more wealth. That's the goal. We're going to take the same 35-year-old Wade, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make an assumption that she has an old brokerage account, some old stock market investments, old mutual funds. And she's like, man, I really see the power of infinite banking. I want to roll some of that money into my infinite banking policy. So let's say, let's say she has $150,000. And for 10 years, we're going to divide that 150 and just take out 15000 a year and add it to the 25000 a year premium. So for the first 10 years, there's 40000 now going into the policy. And then starting year 11, just back down to the 25000 25,000. And you did this in your policy, same with your wife. You guys had some cash. You took that cash, you overfunded it, you put more in year one and let that now really turbocharge the cash value. It's not required, but if someone is sitting on cash or they're not happy with their 401k performance or mutual fund performance, this is a better place more than likely to put that extra cash to help turbocharge the growth. Now, because that extra 15,000 goes in, Wade, there's more cash value, which means she has the ability to go buy more real estate or invest in crypto or invest in a business, whatever she wants to do. And by the time she runs this out to, let's say, age 65, she would have put in a total of 900,000, 40,000 for 10 years, and then 25,000 through the age of 65. By the way, This is a flexible premium. In any year, she can go down to $6,600 a year. So there's this really wide range from $6,600 all the way up to $40,000 a year, or she could fund any amount in between those two numbers as well. There's a myth out there, oh, don't get a whole life policy because you have to pay the premium your whole life, not in an infinite banking plan. It's flexible. If she decided, hey, I don't want to put any more money in after the age of 55, she could stop. If she wants to reduce to the 6,600 starting at 56, she can do that. For example, today, what I'm showing is age 65, 25,000. Her total now is 900,000 contribution. That's her premium outlay. Well, look at this. She's sitting on over 2.1 million in tax-free money. What can she do with that? A lot. A lot, yeah. (laughs) And the death benefit has grown to 4.2 million, which is awesome. She paid for 500,000 of whole life, but she got 4.2. 
And that gives me a lot of security because let's say I'm here and I'm 65 and I have 2.1, almost 2.2 million to let's say fund retirement or go buy the property I'm going to live in the rest of my life or go invest and live. If I invested 2 million, I could probably live off of the dividends or the interest that I earned on those investments. And I also have the security of even if I use all of this 2.2 million, I have 4.2 million. That was if I were to pass away that year, but I have this legacy. I'm leaving my family. So I'm setting them up for success. Like, or whether it's your family, a charitable foundation, whatever you want, like you're building this legacy. This is really like a legacy policy I see where it's a financial vehicle and instrument to build wealth. But then on the, on the other side, you're also building a legacy financially to leave behind for whoever that may be for you. Yeah. And you mentioned the Rockefellers earlier. What they've done is yes, use these policies as their own bank throughout their lives. But when a Rockefeller passes away or family beyond them, there's this large tax-free death benefit that goes back into the family trust and it has created more wealth. From one generation to the next, those families are always getting more wealthy because death benefits coming into the trust, the family bank. So the idea here is you want your kids to know about this. You want policies on your grandchildren. Perpetuate the family wealth. This is exactly what the Rockefellers have done, the Kennedys, the Rothschilds, and we can do it ourselves by establishing more policies on family members. And then every generation thereafter is always creating and getting more wealth. Yes. Like we, we have our five-month-old daughter at this point of the recording, Cameron, and we're planning on getting her a policy. Like every one of my children will have a policy. I might even have multiple policies on myself. And really to set this up is again, the financial vehicle to use as my own bank to go invest, but also have that, you know, that legacy I'm building with the death benefit. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, let's talk about income because we see that almost $2.2 million in cash value. Let's talk about the income play and her being able to now take a tax-free stream of supplemental retirement income. What does that look like? So the next illustration, starting at age 66, okay, this is the exact same number. Here's the 900,000. Here's the 2.19 million we just talked about. But now I'm showing that her income is going to be 140,000 a year. Now, taking that out means she's paying herself that, right? From her policy, from her 2.1. That's correct. And she's stopped contributions. So she's not putting in the 25. She's not putting in the 40. She's not even putting in the minimum 6,600. Now she could, okay, there's three things I want to emphasize here. She could continue the 25 grand at age 66 if she wanted to. The second option is she could reduce to the 6,600 minimum, or the third option is she could stop. Mm -hmm. I'm showing the third option, no more money going in, which is why we see the zeros here. Now she's going to be taking money out. And it's 140,000 a year from the 2.2 million. And it doesn't have to be 140,000 equal every year. She could do 150 one year and 50 the next. I'm using a consistent 140 here to to make a point. This runs from the age of 66 to 90. Now remember, Wade, how much did she put in? Total contribution, 900,000. 
There's her total. She's able to pull out 140,000 through the age of 90. How much money is that? 25 years, 140,000. It's three and a half million dollars. How is she able to do that? Because she only had 2.2 to start with. It's because when she takes out the 140, the remaining balance of the cash value, it's still earning interest and dividends. Remember, we talked about that compound growth curve. Money's still working for her in cash value, even though she's taking a loan. So here's the net effect. She pulls out or she's put in 900,000. She pulls out three and a half million tax-free. And if she passes away at age 90, Wade, there's still a $717,000 tax-free death benefit that goes to her beneficiaries. Boom. Unbelievable. It's just so remarkable to see. It is. And you think about that, like, say, let's just use round numbers, 2 million at the age 65, earning a 5% dividend is $100,000. So you're earning $100,000. Your money is just making $100,000 a year without you lifting a finger. So you could theoretically take a hundred thousand out right and it would just stay that two million balance would stay the same so a hundred thousand over 25 years is you're taking two and a half million out and your two million remained the same so you could theoretically live off the interest and just live off a hundred thousand dollars a year and your balance would stay the same and you would have two million still and it wouldn't even decrease this is this is taking 140 out yeah yeah. For 25 years. It's amazing. So, so not only is she pulling out more than the 2.2, because she's getting 3.5, but what is 140,000 tax-free look like if it were taxable? <laughs> She'd have to be pulling 200,000 plus probably out of a 401k or IRA to net the 140, right? Depends on tax brackets, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the one of the points of this webinar is tax-free income mm-hmm. because of all we the, don't know where taxes will be when this woman is 90 either like who knows what the tax brackets will be there's no security in that yeah and maybe the government will be 200 trillion dollars in debt at that point if you know who knows right it's crazy but when you look at the power of her ability to grow money guaranteed have access to that liquid cash along the way and pull out tax-free income. In my opinion, and I've done this for 22 years, this is the most powerful financial product, the most powerful financial tool out there in the entire industry. Mm -hmm. So actually, I do have a question, devil's advocate here. So why does the death benefit value go down? Like it's at 717 when she's 90. Yeah, glad you asked. Any outstanding loans and any interest accrued come off of the death benefit when you pass away. So the insurance company is using your death benefit as collateral. They're going to give you the difference. However, if she passed away at age 65, they would pay out a $4.2 million death benefit, right? So if you add the 3.5 million plus the 700 that her family still gets, it's the same 4.2 number. So this holds true at any point. If she passes away prematurely, I actually had a client pass away at the age of 41, married with three kids. It was a tragedy, but fortunately he had 
this type of policy plus some term insurance. Well, if she passes away at 40 and has no loans, her family gets 1.7 million. But let's say she has a $100,000 loan. She passes away at 41, the insurance company will reduce the 1.7 million by the $100,000 loan outstanding, the family would still get 1.6 million. So doesn't the loan like in this one at 90, isn't the loan coming out of the total net cash value or is it coming out of the death benefit or both? It's both. That is correct. So it does come out of the cash value because we're doing two things. We're taking a withdrawal up to the 900,000 that she put in. The loans don't start until the 900,000 has been exhausted, but there are loans. But here's the difference. Remember earlier in her life, she's going to pay the loans back. She's going to be an honest banker through her 30s, 40s, 50s, et cetera. But in retirement, Wade, she doesn't pay the loans back. So they have to be paid somehow. And that's what the death benefit is there for for family, but also to pay off those existing loans and any income that she's pulled out. Again, her 900,000 that she put in has a total of three and a half million to her in income and 700,000 to her family. So she basically four times, more than four times her 900,000. Got it. To reemphasize properly structured infinite banking, guaranteed, liquid, it's protected. It's tax-free. Ways to use infinite banking, obviously loans for business, real estate, other types of investments, et cetera. Pension maximization. There are people that still get pensions. They're fairly rare these days, but it's possible to use an IBC policy to actually get more money from someone's pension. Collateral assignment, we talked about that, taking your death benefit to a bank and being able to borrow more money. You can pay off higher interest rate debts. You might have lines of credits that are higher than 5%, student loans, credit card debt. So if you have loans with high interest rates, take policy loans at 5% and go pay those off. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Businesses can use it for equipment financing tax-free retirement income, on and on and on and on. The the possibilities really are infinite, which is why we call it infinite banking. And we'll kind of wrap up where we started, and that is the social proof. You just got to ask yourself, why do banks and corporations and Wall Street have these high cash value policies? And you would think if they have them, you would probably want them too. So I would invite everyone you know, learn more. We obviously appreciate everyone for attending the webinar, but I invite you to look at your own numbers. Here's the website for my company. You can email me, call the office. When you look at your own numbers, Wade, you experience this. It's like, oh, the light bulb turns on. You see what's possible for you, and you're able now to see the math behind it. How is your cash value going to grow? You might want to do 25,000 a year. You might want to do 200,000 a year. You might want to do 10,000 a year. That number that you decide to put into a policy is up to you, but I would invite you to look at your own numbers. Question for you. What is, you would say, the minimum, like if they were working with you to put into a policy to get a policy started? Someone in their 30s is about four to 500 a month. Mm-hmm. 40s, five, five 6,000 for the year. Yeah. For the initial. 
And if they're a little older, then we need to bump it up to seven to 800 a month. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, I look at this as, especially for people that are like, okay, I'm unsure what to do with my money. Most people put it into Wall Street and 401ks. We've done, I've done a lot of my own independent research and studying of this. Barry is a professional in this industry. I, it's my personal opinion. This is one of, if not the best place you can put it for two reasons. It's one, you're putting your money to work. It's safe. It's there and it's never leaving, right? You can take policy loans for yourself, but it never leaves. Like for me, I had a 401k from my finance career during actually the global pandemic. I was able to take that out without penalty. And I said, I'm taking it out of Wall Street and I'm putting it into this. And once it's in there, let's just use round numbers. Let's say it was 100, 100K. Once that 100K is in there, it doesn't leave. I can take a policy loan against it to go invest in real estate or do whatever I want, pay off high interest debt, pay off student loans. But that 100,000 is in there and it's earning and it's growing and it's accruing dividends and there's a death benefit attached to it. So one, it's somewhere to put your money where you know it's going to work for you. Two, you can accelerate your money and make it work for yourself even more by using that banking and it's earning within the policy, but going to invest in real estate, which is what I do, or crypto or whatever, or stock market, whatever you want to do. And then three, it's building that legacy of I am, whenever I pass, there is going to be this policy that you know my heirs or a charitable foundation is going to inherit. So you're kind of leaving that legacy behind too, but it's, it's easy to get started. How does someone get started? Is there like a lot of hurdles? Is there a lot of stuff to go through or what, how does, if someone's like, I want to do this, where do they begin? Yeah. First thing we get on a call and begin looking at their own numbers. I want to learn about them, their financial kind of overview, their goals are very important. And then we put the numbers together. Once we go over the numbers, then it's very simple. They do an application call with my assistant, takes 15, 20 minutes, and then they go through the underwriting process, which is basically, we just wait to hear from the insurance company on what they get approved for. Once we have the approval, we're talking again, going over the final numbers, and then they implement the policy and begin growing that guaranteed compound interest. Awesome. Yeah. For me, this was a no brainer. And, you know, if, if, whoever's listening, watching this, like you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Barry if you have questions. And I'm just excited for people to, to educate and, and spread this because I think it's, it's unknown. And it's like our, especially your responsibility, but now that I know about it, our responsibility to, to educate people and let them make their own decision. But I've done the research and this is, this is a really sharp move as far as building wealth goes and leaving a legacy. Yeah, totally agree. And we don't want people in the future to go, man, I wish I would have learned about this 20 years ago. Now's the opportunity. You've learned about it. Look at your own numbers. Wade, thanks for having me. It's great yeah, thank to you. be together and talk about creating wealth and legacy and growing money tax-free. Thanks, Wade. Yeah, thank you. Grateful for you, Barry. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.